Here's your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. And as we turn to the New Testament for our reading today, we'll be looking into the book of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 20, where it talks about condemnation. The woman was guilty, but where was the man in the story? Both of them deserved to die. It was a trap, and Jesus knew it when they brought the woman caught in adultery to him. But he ended up trapping the trappers. Did he write on the ground to remind them that he had written the law or to refer them to Jeremiah? Uh, here's our wonderful assurance. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. As we will see in the story we're about to read, the religious leaders did not know where they were going or where he was going because they were completely in the dark spiritually. They had the light of the law and of conscience, but they did not have the light of life. Consequently, they did not know the Father or understand what Jesus taught them. And then we'll learn about liberation. The people were in bondage to Rome and to the law of Moses, yet they said they were free. Jesus may have been referring to Isaac and Ishmael since the Jews had mentioned Abraham. See, the Son makes you free, so trust Him and follow Him. His truth makes you free, so study it, believe it, and obey it. Satan imposes slavery that seems like freedom. Jesus gives you a yoke and sets you free. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. May 14th, the New Testament. John chapter 8. Verses 1 through 20. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, You are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, These claims are valid even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards but I do not judge anyone, and if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, 
because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? they ask. Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the Treasury. But he was not arrested, because his time had not yet come. Today we're reading from Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7. Now this psalm is quoted in the New Testament more than any other psalm. It was quoted by Jesus in the book of Matthew, and Peter in the book of Acts, and the writer of Hebrews quoted it or alluded to it many times. Jesus focused on the real issues when he asked, If Messiah is David's son, how can Messiah be David's Lord? Well, there's only one answer. Messiah must come as a man through the family of David. Messiah is both eternal God and man, divine and human, and he is seated in the place of glory and authority. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7, a psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments, and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. He will punish the nations and fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth. But he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. Proverbs chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. are tired Oh, this heart is tired Oh, this soul is tired I'll keep on, I'll keep on, I'll keep on I'll keep on, I'll keep on, I'll keep on Faith is something I'm not accustomed to I'm trusting other people, something I don't really love to do I've never been a fan of it I act tougher, really my shoulders, they ain't built for this And I don't have nothing It's like I'm standing in the rain And you offer me a raincoat But I would rather stand there and get wet than take the hand out What's wrong with me? You said you've always got your hands out And I cannot continue on my own, so take my hands now I give you everything, God, not just a little bit Take it from me I am nothing but a hypocrite I hate sin, but I built a house and I still live in it Afraid 
to open up the door to you, let you into it. My soul is lost and what it needs is your direction. I know I've told you I do not need your protection, but I lied to you. This thing is tiring and man was not created for it. God, please retire me now. Oh, these hands are tired. Trust is something I am not accustomed to And I know the Bible says that I should always trust in you But I will never read that book enough And when I have a question I don't take the time to look it up or pick it up It collects dust on my nightstand I'm just being honest, please take this out of my hands I have no control, I am just a person But thank the Lord that I serve a God that's perfect I do not deserve the opportunity you've given me I never knew what freedom was until I learned what prison means I am not ashamed, I don't care if they remember me My life will always have a hold if you are not the centerpiece Take me out of bondage, take all of my pride If I don't have a savior, I don't have nothing inside Take all of my lust, take all of my lies There's no better feeling than when I look in the sky In your eyes, it's amazing Oh, these hands are tied
today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture begins in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 13. Let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners, as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves also are in the body. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled, for fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. God created humanity for companionship with himself and each other. He doesn't want people to suffer the emotional turmoil of loneliness. That's why his word contains pledges of his constant presence, as well as instructions to prevent loneliness among church members. The Lord stressed his unceasing presence because he knows our need for assurance, especially when we feel deserted or isolated. His vow never to forsake believers is found throughout the Bible. This comforting word was spoken to Joshua, the Israelites, and the disciples who were about to witness Jesus' ascension. Some biblical saints picked up the theme in their writing as well. David often sought God's solace, and the Apostle Paul preached that nothing compared with drawing close to Christ. God wants every believer to trust implicitly that He is near. The church is designed to meet our need for person-to-person connection. A spiritual body works much like the human body. Parts are both independent and interdependent, each needing others in order to function well. We require support from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Knowing this, Paul admonished people to accept one another, bear each other's burdens, and avoid judging. Loneliness can cripple a person emotionally and spiritually. Human beings are not designed to walk through this world alone. We are made for relationship, which God gladly supplies. Lest we forget that the Lord is near, He gave the Bible this consistent theme, I love you, and I am with you always. Hey, this is Zach Pruitt here with Transformation Radio, reminding you that this Saturday is Family Day for Phase 2 out in Lancaster. This is a great time for all the men in Phase 2 to enjoy visits from their family and begin to experience the promise of God's restoration in their life. This also means that this Sunday is Encounter for the Refuge Ministries. This is where all four phases of the ministry get together for a time to encounter God in a real and personal way. Hope everybody has fun this weekend, and thanks for listening to Transformation Radio.
Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement. John, this next principle deals with something that is really good to understand. It's the concept of faithfulness. We call this the principle of responsibility, Proverbs 25, verse 13. A faithful employee is as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. Now, you see faithfulness as responsibility, huh? Uh, right, you know, because... Uh if you're faithful, you'll take responsibility. I mean, I mean that they just go together. And uh, responsibility is really, really a, a really major uh, character uh, principle in a person. And, and you don't know how powerful that is and how important it is until you start dealing with unfaithful people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you start dealing with them, then you say, man, God, where is, where is, where are there people that are responsible? That's the, that's going to be a good one. A faithful employee is a responsible person. To be responsible is to give account or to be dependable. No wonder Solomon said this kind of person is as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. A responsible person is one who can be trusted. These kinds of people are hard to find, but when we find them, we will notice that they have a different motivation than the average person. They have two motivating factors that spring up from their character and make them responsible. Uh, that's right. It says here that uh, that uh, responsible person is one who can be trusted, uh, and these kind of people are hard to find. Uh, if if somebody's responsible, you earn the trust. Saying like, when you meet a person, you don't have instant trust. Some people you trust more than others, but trust is earned. And if 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 you meet a person, your trust is directly based upon how responsible you think. You'll not, you'll be careful if you gossip to a person that's not responsible because you know, you know, you can't, he can't keep a secret. So it's really critical to be able to read people and to find out where their responsibility is. And then, then when you find those, then you can trust those people and you can really build a huge organization on people that are responsible. Let's look at these two motivators. The first motivator is out of responsibility. It takes a high-quality person to be motivated purely out of responsibility. Because they want to be trusted, they are willing to prove themselves, and they will stand up as pillars on issues. 
These people are driven by certain ethics and principles that they will fight for in spite of loss or lack of personal gain. This is a pure motivation. Absolutely. Man, man if the world was made if the world was made full of these kind of people, you would have an absolutely first of all, you would not have divorce, you wouldn't have cheating. I mean, you you just something to think as to how powerful that would be. If if everybody was responsible for where they are, you you would not have a lot of cheating. You could you could eliminate a lot of lawyers. You could eliminate a lot of legal things and stuff like that because people would take responsibility for themselves. And here's what it is: the reason that they are motivated uh, certain ways because they want to earn your trust. They are out to prove to you that they're good and that they deserve to be trusted. That's their motivation. It's not necessarily to get somewhere. It's, it's not manipulation. It means that I want you to trust me. And when a person says, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, too often, I usually don't trust them because they're trying to tell me that I should trust them. But you don't have to tell anybody to trust you very long because you'll soon decide whether you want to trust uh-huh. somebody or not. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that's that's because they're willing to prove themselves and saying, like, I will prove to you. I went and got a job one time, and a person said, why should I hire you? And it was at a service station. He said, do you ever pump gas? I said, no. He said, do you ever change oil? And I said, no. Did you ever change a tire? I said, no. And he said, why should I hire you? I said, because I can be trusted, and I can learn. And he looked at me, and he said, he said, he said I've never hired anybody like that. And so he said, I'm going <laughs> to sleep over it. And so the next night, the next morning, I went back, and he said, I decided to hire you. He said, and later on, he told me, he said, I never met a man like you. He said, I can learn. And I also told him this. I said, for the first two weeks, you pay me what you want to. I'm not even going to ask what, what you pay me. You just pay me what you want to, what, what you think I'm worth. And then I'll, then we'll decide whether I can work with you. But uh, that's the whole deal is mm-hmm. because you want people to trust you and you do this thing. Prove it. Here's an example. Abortion is an issue that may not affect us or our family, but we may fight against it and be willing to risk our friendships or reputation without any personal benefits. This constitutes character ethic and means people are principle-driven. That's true because they they get involved in things that are right. And uh, we talk different times about the, the point is not who's right but what's right. That that gives you clear identity is when you think in terms of not who's right. A lot of times the arguments are in the issue of who's right. It's what's right. And if, if both parties and everybody looks at what's right, we'll make decisions and, and we'll, that becomes a character ethics. And this means that these people are character-driven or they're principle-driven, which means that they're controlled by an inner force and an inner value, and they're motivated by that, not for the benefits that they get. They're ready to lay their reputation on the line for issues. These individuals are fixed. They have a firm constitution that they live by. We call them men and women of valor, meaning people of value. They can be placed anywhere in our businesses or political arenas. They are responsible and can be trusted and are willing to risk their reputation. They take pride in being strong and do not care if they are different. They carry the nature of a prophet with eyes fixed on who they are and what their mission is. They live in a world of faithfully serving others and building their name and legacy. That's so true, man. I, I just, you know, when I just think about that, it's like a, there's people in uh, in our organization that live that way, and that that's what makes us is that we're able to get people and develop people, and they turn out to be this way, and that's who you're looking for. But they have the, like the eyes of a tiger, the eyes of a problem. They're fixed. Uh, they're on a mission, and. Uh, 
they live in a world faithful, serving others and building their name and legacy. Yeah, that's really true. Their second motivator is to do things because they are, as responsible people, enjoying the feeling of achievement. This is also a high-quality motivation. And again, there are no particular benefits gained by these people. For example, someone who is a millionaire several times over and has all he ever could need, he could travel, go fishing for the rest of his life, but he keeps on doing business and working every day. That's really true. Um, and we're talking about responsibility here, and it's one of the productivity series. Uh, in responsibility, it means that a person that is responsible is not necessarily motiv- motivated by money. He, he's, he's motivated by principle. He's driven by principle. And it talks about uh, he doesn't get specific benefits from this because he's a standalone. He's like a pillar. It means that, that he gets such an enjoyment out of motivation of being somebody. Achieving. And, and achieving that he is somebody. And he does it for that sake. But the rewards still come to him. He is the leader. He, he, they become the leaders. And they do get better pay. So, But they, their goal is not just to get that. They're driven by inner forces personally saying, like, I want to be somebody for God. Or I want to be a pillar. I want to be a leader. And so they live unto themselves. They're motivated unto themselves. They're not after greed. They're, they're not motivated by greed. They're the ones that could go fishing and, you know, taking plans and trips and stuff like that. But they don't. They just... They just Keep on going. These people could even venture out into doing new things and keep on going. Some might say they were greedy. He may be, but it is possible that he simply enjoys being responsible and likes to be an achiever. This person may do what others say cannot be done just for the sake of accomplishing Absolutely. <laughs> That's just it, see, because they like the challenge. And so when someone says, well, you can't do that or this can't be done, then he likes to get involved just to prove that it can be done because that's their that's their nature. That's their motivation. It's not like I'm going to get paid for that, but I'm going to show you that it can be done. So don't give me that can't be done or, you know, negative huh. attitude. So that they're driven by that. <laughs> they're responsible people, yeah. Being responsible is more than making a commitment. It's a true calling or value-based belief birthed in that person. It's a desire or an inner force that holds them accountable to themselves. Absolutely, to themselves and not to others. They, they, they live their lives. If they were the only people in the world to do that, they would still do the same. So they're not living for you. They're living for themselves because they like who they are and what they're called to do and that that's their motivation, accountable to themselves. They do things for the sake of getting them done or the enjoyment of seeing them done. This makes them true servants. Jesus was a true servant. He had nothing to gain for himself. He gave up his reputation to build his name. He was humiliated and rejected to gain our trust. He was truly and purely motivated from within. He saw what we were and took the responsibility of making sure we got the opportunity of being what we could be. Oh, that's that's powerful. And, and if a person ever sees that in Jesus then you can understand why he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, because they go together. It's because he saw what we could be or what we should be and and paid the price to give us an opportunity to be somewhere. That's what you call motivated from within, saying, like, not for my own personal gain or sake. It's done for the sake of others and for a principle. It cost him something, but he now has earned the greatest name ever in history and also in the world to come. 
He was truly motivated from within. The Father sent him on a mission because he knew that he was responsible and could be trusted. He was, and still is, as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. We, too, will be chosen and sent on a mission when we are responsible. Absolutely. You know, there's an old saying that says, if you uh, want something done, ask the person that's already too busy and doesn't have the time. Because those people are responsible people. And if they hear the situation stuff like they'll usually get into, even though they can't seem to fit it in their schedule, they'll bite it off and they'll find room for that. That means that we will also be chosen for a mission. If you want something done, people will ask you to do something. They'll ask a responsible person, not for an irresponsible person. Principle of Responsibility, Proverbs 25, verse 13. A faithful employee is as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. Wow. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> when I think of uh, responsibility, you know, I, I think of probably one of the highest character traits, value of a character trait of anything that you can get. It's like being honest, uh, uh, but also faithful. Uh, it's the strength of a person. Uh, it becomes the future of a person. Uh, and if you put things into their hands uh, and give them direction and teach them how, they'll take you somewhere because those are people that you need on your team. Unless you have people on, on, on your team that are responsible, and they're hard to find. You know, And I'm not sure exactly how you can teach a person how to be, how to be responsible. I'm not sure exactly how to do it, but you, obviously there's something there that happens to them. But... Uh, but it's it's so powerful that I, I'm just not sure I can fully express the value of that. Uh, if we want to go somewhere in life, uh, we have to learn to be responsible. Any person that's listening to this tape, if you want to go somewhere, it's not just how much education you get and how much other things you have. But if you get to be, become a very responsible person, you will go somewhere. People will pick you up. That does it for today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.